0: Earshot with Steve Martin.
1: Hello. Oh, hi there. I'm going to meet you in Michaela Hallam. It's the White Silver City, Hallam. London W12, home to BBC Creative, where today we'll discover the production secrets of those big promo campaigns you hear across BBC Radio and the launch of BBC Sounds. How was it from the inside? There's only one way to find out. Let's go inside. I am Steve Martin, your ambassador of radio promotion, production, imaging, uh, with Michaela Hallam, Debbie Dillon and Kate Dinsdale from BBC Creative. Hello. Well, thank you for having me into this really small room.
0: (laughs) It is a very small room. Well, radio is meant to be intimate and cosy, so (laughs) we're doing that.
1: Uh, I just want to say thank you to you for all the lovely things you said about our last show uh, with Ben Stones and Liam Hadley from BBC Radio 1. Eric Huber from Real World was on the show too. And Greg J and you know what it all added up to a remarkable response so thank you for that we even tickled the lower regions of the iTunes chart that's
2: impressive <laughs> very
1: impressive I don't know how that chart works <laughs> uh, we got lucky with the timing as well because Ben, Liam and their colleagues collected the gold for their work on BBC Radio 1 vintage soon after in the Arias and over at the Audio Production Awards Liam Hadley collected Best Station Sound Producer so bravo well done, Liam Amazing work. Guys, a lot of love from your colleagues here at BBC Creative. You're an all-female team, and Michaela, I gather you head up the team.
0: Well, we're predominantly female, which I think is unusual, but we also um, have the wonderful Dominic Ross and Stephen Mackay um, on our team. But I am Michaela Hallam. I am the creative head for audio for BBC Creative, which is the BBC's in-house creative agency.
1: Uh, And where are you based? Because I gather you're not all in one room.
0: No, um, we want to represent the BBC kind of across the country. So uh, we've got people in uh, Broadcasting House, we've got people here in Broadcast Centre and the lovely Kate Dinsdale, one of our senior members of the team, along with Debbie. Um, Kate works up in Salford and represents the brands that we look after up there.
1: Michaela, what is the difference between what you do within BBC Creative and the audio production that's done by people like Liam and Ben that we heard last time?
0: Essentially, what our bread and butter is, is promoting the telly on the radio so the brilliant work that ben and liam does is to promote radio one on radio one and there's a certain amount of airtime that gets um, put to promote other content from across the bbc on those on the bbc's radio stations and that's the airtime that we fill
1: Kate, you're working in Salford. Yeah. So how does that feel from your perspective?
2: Yeah, no, it works really well. Michaela's a very good manager, keeps me well informed. But um, all the political stuff, no, it works really well. You know, we have touch points nearly every day, team meetings once a week where we share creative work. There's also, in the last two years, the team up north have really grown. So I sit amongst creatives now in Salford, which is really nice, um, from TV and photography. Um, so, yeah, no, it works really
0: well.
1: And as an agency, you're, you say you're promoting television on the radio, but the agency itself is doing a lot more than that, isn't it, Michaela?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, as I say, the bread and butter is TV on the radio, but it's also anything else that is important to the BBC, whichever story there is to tell, so everything from the launch of Sounds um, to um, iPlayer to our big news campaigns. So when I say telly on the radio, it is a lot more than that, and it's, it's, it's anything that isn't Radio 1 and Radio 1 or Radio 2 on Radio 2.
1: And to what extent, um, let me ask Debbie this question to you, to what extent does the agency model here understand that radio is a different discipline and radio needs specific craft skills?
3: Uh, It's it's an organic, ongoing, changing beast. And uh, the agency model as it is historically when it first started would have been very much put television at the centre of a campaign that has changed an awful lot within BBC Creative and we work as a team. Uh, we come up with ideas as a whole group and then each of the crafts go off and develop those ideas off that big idea. So we're no longer looking to TV to be the main campaign. It's very integrated in 360.
1: So what, would, what for you in that model would be the definition of a great idea? What kind of ideas work across all those touch points, all those different media?
3: Um, I think it has to be an idea that isn't an execution so most ideas if you look at the nub of the idea the thought behind it can be adapted for radio it's when you could uh, maybe someone would come up with an idea that was very visual and they've come up with a tv script or a social execution which is very visual that you then find it hard to adapt into an audio execution
1: and do you find at, at that executional level that sometimes you are challenged to use the same voice that's on the telly, the same music and and, and echo the television execution of a campaign?
3: I think that's always going to be an issue. Um, and it's not... It's not something specific to us. It is uh, something across marketing, I think, because people naturally levitate towards hearing a voice on a TV trail and wanting the same voice on the radio and using the same music. And for us, that's a very big uh, difference to commercial radio because we can't just put any old music on. We can't put a a hip-hop track on Radio 4 or uh, an RP Queen's English announcer on Radio 1. So we have to adapt
0: accordingly.
1: And Michaela, as the manager of this team, this sounds like you must get involved in quite a lot of creative negotiation.
0: There is a lot of creative negotiation, but also I think that there's a lot of respect for the craft and the expertise that we have in the team, in all of the individuals who work here. So actually, I think whereas maybe five, ten years ago we'd have had a lot more of those conversations, now people understand we've done enough of an education piece that people understand why we need to do things differently to actually make the most of our platform and quite frankly at the end of the day get the best audience for that piece of content because if you can it is a challenge um, and we've got everyone's debut said from Radio 4 to Radio 1 and not only are we making something bespoke to the medium of radio, to the medium of BBC radio, which is a different beast to commercial radio, but we also then need to flex that idea across our different radio stations Um, and that is a massive opportunity because there's not very many places you can talk to such distinct audiences in such a bespoke and tailored way and so what we try to do is take advantage of that and tailor our messages um, for those audiences.
1: I'm sure there are people from uh, commercial radio listening to this who wish their own advertisers would do the same. Okay. Um, let's uh, find out what's the first piece of audio we're going to hear as, a, as an example of what you've just said, really.
2: Um, well, this I'll play, the Radio 2 version of Wimbledon, which complemented the TV very well. This sounds like wimbledon starts today across the bbc so that's the radio 2 sounds like wimbledon um and sounds like Wimbledon was the big idea, as you can hear. And I'll just play how we adapted it to Radio One.
1: Uh, ooh. New balls, please. <laughs> match point.
2: <laughs> sounds like Wimbledon's back. Ace down the
3: middle.
1: Centre court at Wimbledon. It
2: is game, set, match. Wimbledon starts Monday across the BBC.
1: I love the way that the sound design does all the heavy lifting, and uh, you can just use your strap line to to make the message clear for the audience.
2: I think, yeah, the Group 2 version, so the Radio 2 version, mainstream version, really complemented the TV and we kind of wanted to make the theme tune of Wimbledon out of tennis sounds. Obviously, that didn't lend itself very well to the youth networks and market, so we got the presenters to do funny sounds, um, which actually we created content from as well because we sent the script um, to Scott Mills and um, Chris Stark and they actually recorded it live on air, which led us to create more content and we were able to make them a bespoke version that they talked about off the back of. So as a campaign flexing across a mainstream and a youth market, it did really well.
1: And it's not just the script uh, that's different between those executions. The entire production style, it's all honed for the network on which it's going to be heard.
2: Yeah, we share. We work. um, We kind of work in a pyramid structure, I suppose. We lead producers on projects. And uh, I should definitely say on that one was actually the music for the Radio 2 version was composed by a guy called Matt Miller, who is a really amazing composer up north. Um, he works full-time job in the day, and this is what he wants to do at night. He's just graduated. So we work with him on that, and um, an amazing producer who you'll know, Stuart Morgan from Audio Always. We work with him a lot on our Sport and North projects, and he worked with me and Matt on both mixes. So, yeah, Stuart kind of oversees the sound, and then we work together as a team for the direction and the big idea and, and making it fit. It's a real
0: team effort. And I was just going to say one of the biggest wins for me, and Kate went blow her own trumpet, was when you make a piece of content or a trail that goes out but then actually then becomes an additional part of content on that radio station. So, for example, she's already mentioned about Radio 1 where they took that and recorded it live on air as part of their programme. But actually Chris Evans picked up off the back of the... Um, oh, I have got it. I have could play it, or is that too much?
1: No, it's yeah, fine. No, saying, <laughs> we love Chris. Yeah, yeah, no.
0: I think I think we should play it rather than me say it. I think it's just just it's when when extra content's created from the stuff that we make, that's when I'm most proud. I think.
1: Sounds like Wimbledon does, starts Monday across great. the BBC. Best okay. trailer of the year. Best trailer of the year by Miles. Isn't it? Oh, that was that was that was effortlessly wonderful. I've got to play it again.
2: Sounds like Wimbledon starts Monday across the BBC.
1: All right, who's who did that? Who's responsible for that trail? Do they work for us or is that an independent <laughs> company? Because if, if they do work for us, they'll be in Hollywood in about a minute mm. making trails for big blockbuster movies. That is fantastic. Uh, hats off. Oh, well done.
0: And then he actually got the composer, Matt Miller, onto the show as his mystery guest on the day that Wimbledon launched um, and kind of gave him some real, real platform there. And it's just it's really exciting for us to work with new talent and for that talent to be celebrated.
1: And it is true, isn't it, that great content can have promotional value, but also great promotional work can be entertaining content.
0: Absolutely. And I think what we want to do is make trails that make people feel something and then as a result of how they feel, act upon that feeling.
1: And how do you measure that?
0: Haha, <laughs> That is more tricky. Um, our absolute best uh, measures are when we get a reaction on air um, or when people start to text in about something as we've, we've had previously as a reaction to a trail that goes out um, or when Chris Evans invites your music composer onto the show as one of his guests um, because obviously the number one people reason that people listen to BBC Radio is because there are no ads so it's our job to make the promotional messages that we make feel more like content than commercial advertising um, and that's probably one of the first filters we'll put over any script or any rough demo that we hear is is how distinctively BBC is this and how can we make it more so?
1: How did you find Matt Miller? You say he's, he's fresh out of college.
0: Yeah, he is. He
2: graduated, um, well, it would have been the summer before he did this in June. But he he had approached Stuart Morgan, I told you always, to work with him on some jingle stuff. And I think um, Stuart has had him in the back of his mind and said we should meet with him. Um, and we did meet with him. And I don't think he'll mind me saying that he pitched alongside some other big companies that pitched Um, and he pitched with the demo and a lot of people pitched with a paper deck um, which is very normal but obviously his demo we thought I mean we discussed is it a risk Um, it's a big project he's brand new but it wasn't a risk we had enough time um, and we believed in him and, yeah, he did a really good job.
1: So if you want to be in this business and you want to hear your stuff on the radio, on Radio 2, on Radio 1, a way in is through local independent production houses that you may just be calling up sometime for a bit of help.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If Matt hadn't got in touch with Stuart, I wouldn't have known about him. So Absolutely.
1: Debbie, um, we heard that um, there was enough time on that campaign. Generally, how far out from the air date do you work on your projects?
2: That's
3: a really good question. It depends on the project. Um, Some of the really, really big ones, we have to work over a year out because they're filming so we have to try and slot in with their filming schedule. Uh, but often we, we're given... Uh, this sounds really rubbish, actually, because commercial producers will be just going, what? That's just <laughs> that's loads of time. Uh, sometimes we have to do it in four weeks. Yeah, I know it's quite a long time, uh, but that's quite, quite quick for us because we have so many stakeholders. Um, so it is actually quite a, a big deal. So not only do we have to come up with an idea we have to make sure that the rest of the creative team who are working on the other platforms are happy with the idea we have to make sure that the marketeers are happy with the direction we're going and that the people that made the program are happy with the direction we're taking it in and then we have to make sure that the radio stations are happy with what we're doing to put on their network so there's a lot of people involved so four weeks sounds like acres of time but it's not that long
1: it sounds like a lot of people who hold a power of veto um
3: a lot of people have opinions, but everyone who has an opinion is there for a reason. Um, yeah, and, and we make good audio as a result of it. So.
1: And Chris Evans has an opinion, and he has the right opinion.
2: He does indeed. <laughs> yes, on this occasion.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Michaela, what's what's next on the list to hear?
0: Um, I think that Apprentice audio description. Mm. Apprentice, I think that
3: kind of segues nicely into the commercial radio references. You're
1: really collegiate in your management style, aren't you?
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I just, I this team could not exist without the people in it, and I am so blessed and so proud to have this team. That um, it is, it is, it is, in my opinion, proper teamwork. So I might steer things a little bit. But these guys were very, and do, push back. (laughs) Um, So, um, yeah, I I think collectively we get to brilliant places.
1: And we're going where now?
0: So now we're going to The Apprentice. Um, And this is an example of a campaign that comes up year on year on year on year. Um, And it's how do we wrap it in a
3: new way yeah so just for a bit of background last year uh was the first time that they'd ha- uh, they started the strapline no time for nonsense and uh the tv trail was uh, alan sugar they, they, they did a massive, great pop video for the apprentice and alan sugar lord sugar coming in uh and saying uh none of this rubbish no time for nonsense just get on with it you're all fired uh and this year they wanted to reinvent that so nine no time for nonsense came up again uh and how could we How could we make a change and and promote The Apprentice again with the same people and the same everything? Uh, And lovely Gav at Kalua Creative um, has come up with some blinding pretend radio ads. Which uh, follow the same sort of idea of no time for nonsense, just get on with it.
1: He buys, he sells, he hires, he
3: fires. Success breeds money, breeds business, breeds success, Success. and that success has a scent. Scent. This is the new aroma designed for your destiny.
1: Lo de lord, it's how every boardroom should smell. Smell. And how? Tell you how this
0: smells. Rotten. I ask for quality merchandise, not this rubbish. You're fired. The Apprentice, next Wednesday night at 9 on BBC One. One set of wheels
1: to unlock the deals. But this is no ordinary wheelie suitcase. It's a wheelie special one from the makers of BBC's The Apprentice. A range of cases to take you places. Wherever you wheel and deal, pick up your apprentice wheelies. I'll tell you what I'm picking up. They asked for quality merchandise
0: and they've given me a load of old garbage. You're fired. The Apprentice, next Wednesday night at nine on BBC One.
1: So, Debbie, you said you work with Kahlua Creative on that. So how does that work?
3: Uh, We have a fabulous team of freelancers, basically. Uh, There's only... Five staff members. I can't remember now. We're a very small team, uh, but because we have so many projects and obviously lots of demands for going on different networks and different styles of, of, of trails, uh, we need to uh, get hold of a, an awful lot of different people with different skills. Uh, and Gav was behind the um, the ads on CarShare. He made the radio ads on CarShare, and so he was the perfect choice for coming up with some fake ads for The Apprentice, uh, and did a blinding job.
1: And if people listening to this want to work with you and perhaps didn't even know you guys existed how do they get in touch? How do they pitch? How do they get on your radar? Michaela?
0: We are always on the lookout for brilliant talent Um, and I think what The kind of the the holy grail for us is somebody who can mix and edit, somebody who's an ideas generator and can write copy. And also somebody, because everybody in the team kind of wears three hats, somebody who's a brilliant person and project manager. And although we can quite often work with people who are experts in one of those three strands, finding somebody who can do all three isn't as easy um, as it sounds. And if somebody can do all of those three things, um, then they should get in touch with us. Uh, There's information on the BBC Creative website um, and let us know what your experience is. um, Give us a demo of your work um, and and how you'd like to work with us because um, a few times a year we we do look actively to work with fresh people.
1: And are you always looking for people who have a track record?
0: We do sometimes look for particular skills, particular projects, but we also have a rolling um, developing creative programme in BBC Creative um, where we're looking for people who want to start on their career ladder in different crafts and disciplines. And currently we've got a brilliant person working with us under that programme and she's bringing um, lots of fresh new ideas um, to the team. So that is another way of potentially starting um, to work with us.
1: And, and where's the website again?
0: It's BBC, um, It's the BBC Creative website as the main point of contact.
1: Let's hear some more audio. Uh,
3: right, so audio description. Um, we were briefed, along with the other broadcasters actually, Channel 4 and ITV were briefed at the same time uh, to promote audio description across the platforms. So that is specifically the help on a TV programme for people that can't see properly. So the the TV programme will be playing. It is augmented by a voiceover who describes what is happening in the scene. It's a very specific skill. That's quite hard to do on radio. Uh, So we came up with three iconic uh, BBC TV moments and one of them... Well, I shall play it and then see what you think. A figure
1: is walking through a forest. A tall, hooded figure is
3: striding purposefully through a forest. A tall, hooded figure in black is striding purposefully through a forest towards a familiar blue police box. She smiles.
1: For anyone living with sight loss, BBC Audio Description describes every moment in detail, bringing TV programmes into focus. To find out more, call 0303 123 9999. Standard charges apply. Uh, great use of a very famous BBC property there as well.
3: Absolutely, and Richard Osman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and it won an award. It won the Promax Gold.
3: It did. It won the Promax Gold this year. Very excited about that. Um, but yes, it was uh, again. It's another team effort. Uh, Gav at Kalua actually produced that as well. He's getting a lot of airtime today, isn't he? <laughs> um, uh, but yes, very very pleased with that. And it was uh, very unlike the TV, which was featured uh, lots of words on the screen. So, yeah, you can't really translate that into radio directly.
1: But what were the elements of the idea or the other properties that did link across from radio to TV in that campaign?
3: Oh, that's an excellent question. I'm not sure we actually got there in the end. It was, uh, we did start off trying to do the same thing because the idea on the TV was that you could see the words coming up and then you heard the voiceover, but the voiceover was actually saying something different to what was on the screen to make the point that if you can't see, then you're not understanding the same thing. Um, I think what we did, we just took that one step further and took something familiar uh, and described it and showed through the three different lines that the more you say, the more you actually understand the scene and you can see what's happening. It could just be a tall hooded figure, but actually, no, it's a female Doctor Who in front of a TARDIS. So,
0: yeah, there wasn't an awful lot of synergy in the end, but we got there. I think that's kind of demonstrating the other point that um, we were trying to make earlier is that Where Synergy doesn't work, then we will work hard to make sure that there's an idea that does work for the platform. Um, And kind of if you look back retrospectively, then they both show the benefit of audio description in a way that's relevant to the platform. Um, And to do it through audio and to kind of grow that story um, lands the point for our radio um, trial. The RNIB actually called marketing and BBC marketing
3: and said we know it's just been on because we've just had an influx of phone calls so uh, it obviously, obviously
1: works. Radio advertising works shock. <laughs> <laughs> so that's audio, uh, audio description. Y- you were working with Richard Osman as you say on yeah. that how do you cast voices for the work you do?
3: Oh well that's um we're very 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 lucky because A lot of times, because we're promoting a TV programme or a radio service, we've got BBC talent at our fingertips and we're very lucky in that respect. Uh, Generally, we can get hold of actors in dramas. Not always, if they're out of contract and it's all finished, but generally we'll be able to get hold of people. But, yeah, we... We have so many to choose from, we're we're very lucky. And in this instance, uh, it was the TV creative team that were coming up with the TV idea for audio description who cast Richard Osman because he is actually uh, visually impaired. So he was one of the people that would benefit from it and would be absolutely behind the campaign, and he did.
1: Oh, so maybe he's the link between the radio and the he TV. He
3: Well done. Thank
2: <laughs> you. <laughs> I didn't think of that.
1: And, and Kate, being up in Salford, do, do you come to London to direct voices? Do you do it by remote? How, how does it work for you?
2: Yeah, I do mostly remote. We do some voices up north, um, some of the ones that are based in Manchester or surrounding areas. But, yeah, mostly uh, it's ISDN, Direction, or Skype, obviously. It's just as good as being in the room, I don't think you get any different I think um I do a lot of child voiceover work um, for children in and the, the children's brands that we work with and I would never do them on ISDN I would do those face to face but the others are brilliant on ISDN you can't tell yeah you can get just as good a rapport I think down a line as you can face to face and sometimes when you're face to face you can't even see them anyway can you it's like a, a oh, wall and a microphone yeah. so yeah it's a uh, saves money
1: uh, always saving public money at the BBC, I'm sure. Uh, what else are we going to hear then? Because uh, uh, the campaign I want to hear is BBC Sounds. Have we got to that one yet?
0: Um, <laughs> yes, And before we move on, because we do so much more than radio <laughs> campaigns as well, which is um, something else that I, I, I wanted to talk about. But Sounds is a good example of how one creative idea flexes tonally across Radio 4, Radio 2, Radio 1. Um, and again, that was led by Debbie Dillam. Sounds...
3: Wow, that's a big thing. So uh, a huge team effort across the BBC because, as you can imagine, not only was it being developed as we went along, I think there was a, it was a soft launch of the product a few months previous. Um, so it was out there and people were feeding back and they were developing it as we were developing the creative to go for the big launch in November. So you had teams from TV, social, um, digital, pictures, us, everyone working together to try and make the brand live across all the different platforms Um, and it was absolutely humongous and at the the, the very beginning the launch uh, they had a big uh, was it the London Eye they turned into the London Ear for 24 hours and each of the radio stations broadcast from there Um, and our first trails were we had to try and get the idea of sounds across because of course you're talking to different people you could talk to the youth audience who understand apps they understand that they need to get everything from from online and then you're talking to radio 4 listeners uh, who maybe aren't as familiar they expect to turn the radio on they might listen to stuff on their computer but they're not used to having things on an app on their phone necessarily and we needed to get across to the listening audiences that BBC Sounds was the place you could get everything, radio, music and podcasts in one place. And so it was an education for us, really. Um, TV went all conceptual and had a beautiful brand film with
0: lots of talent in. We needed to hammer home the practicalities of it, um, which we've done. And that's another um, thing that I think we're starting to do really well, is understanding that different platforms can achieve different things. And so you can go with your big talent-led conceptual film on telly, but on radio where, as Debbie said, you've got an education piece to do for people who are already listening to iPlayer radio and trying to make them understand what the difference between iPlayer radio and this new app is, that we focus and do something a little bit different and then use each of our platforms to do a different thing. And so the education piece was was radio.
1: But it's not just what the difference is. Surely there has to be a consumer benefit in there as well.
0: Absolutely. And that was in terms of saying, OK, so iPlayer radio... Is, is radio but look how much more that you can get by downloading bbc sounds bbc sounds music radio podcasts with exclusive music mixes like behind the album find out what clean bandit we're listening to as they made their second studio album what is love for more music mixes like this download the free bbc sounds app to listen without limits
3: so that's radio one uh, uses the that that's the main voiceover for BBC Sounds. Uh, we'll use her across as much as we can, TV and radio. Probably not on Radio Four, Radio Three, Radio Four. Uh, we we'll use. Does a, she have a name? She does, Swarzy Macaulay. Uh, she was brilliant actually, and she was found. Uh, Stu recommended her from Audio Always. Um, she's been snapped up by the big agents now, so she's uh, she's obviously going. She's on the up. Uh, so we'll use her everywhere apart from Radio, Radio 3, Radio 4. Um, and as you can hear, that's a very highly processed youth mix. It's much shorter than the others. But again, it still has the the three-in-one message.
1: And we hear her also on the IDENT before every podcast you download. And is, is all that work yours as well? Does that come out of this team, Michaela?
0: Absolutely. Well, yes. And and that's that's kind of... Feeds into the conversation about what we do beyond the built trail. Um, so, Debbie um, delivered not only an enormous campaign across every radio station, including our local radio stations, for four full weeks with a different copy every week, but she also um, was consulted on the style guide that went out um, for BBC Sounds to all the radio stations and all the, our stakeholders there. Um, cast the voices, did a massive kit of parts so that the message is coherent and uh, joined up across the whole of the BBC portfolio. Um, so it, it's, and the amount of work that went into that, and you say four weeks of Trails and Every Networks and Mama's job in itself, but it was all the other stuff, kind of the unsung hero parts which um, take a lot of love and labour.
1: And Debbie, how many pieces of audio did you create in total?
0: Well, uh, there
3: were five this week. I think, I think, Five every week, so uh, there was only one call to action, so there's only one version, so there were effectively 20 across the, the four weeks. But again, it's a team effort, and although I worked very closely with the marketing team, I did have my supersonic radio producer on it, Chris Thorpe from uh, On the Sly, who is genius and he can work across youth mixes mainstream and uh, our Curious Minds Radio 4 mixes. He's brilliant and that, that's the kind of people we need. We need people who can flex their creative talents to, to meet any brief.
1: And part of the BBC Sounds uh, audio design has got this this sonic mnemonic in there as well. It'd tell us the story of that because my experience is the first time you hear it you don't notice it but the more recognizable it becomes over time the harder it works and the more effective it is as a branding device how, how did you get to that point
3: that's a really good point actually and i'm so glad you said that because so often we get marketeers saying to us we need a mnemonic okay great you know where's it going to live how long is it going to be on for or it'll be on air for a week oh it's not going to work um because you need that you need the the build-up you need people to hear it over and over and over again so this we were briefed by marketing to come up with a mnemonic uh, which was going to work across all platforms um but obviously most importantly within the app itself um and uh, we approached a lot of different companies and they all pitched and the, we awarded the uh, the winning company was macasso and they came up with a brilliant job. And it works. It's very simple and it's very effective. And as you say, the more you hear it, the more it grows on you. And it's just there.
1: Macasso um, uh, Music, they've, they've also done other work with the BBC. I think they've produced some work with BBC Local Radio and uh, BBC World Service more recently as well. So how, how did you find them to work with as as, as an external organisation trying to understand the full width of the BBC, which is a big beast?
3: Uh, they are very experienced at working with the BBC, which helps no end because they understand all the different the hoops, uh, the different uh, types of, of requirements. Um, that does, that isn't to say that anybody who's coming in fresh wouldn't be able to do it. But they were just very, very on the ball. Uh, in fact, there were a couple of new companies which we which we looked at as well. And they all had some brilliant ideas. But Macasso just nailed it. So uh, they were brilliant.
1: Shall we hear one more from that campaign? Yeah.
3: A new way of listening. BBC Sounds, with music mixes like alternative 90s from Six Music Celebrates. And catch-up radio. Welcome to Late Night Woman's Hour with me, Emma Barnett. We
2: say we like confident women, but we actually find them irritating and we find them a threat. And podcasts.
3: 1800 Seconds on Autism is a peculiarly named podcast, but it does what it says on the tin. We're here to chat about living an autistic life. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Download the free app now to listen without limits for Radio 3 Uh, and that's not Sorsi McCauley because uh, that is the one instance where we won't use her she wouldn't really fit Uh, and that is Rosalie Craig who is actually in the West End in company at the moment starring uh, and she's a fabulous voice as well and we've got her in the app for the the slightly gentler programs and podcasts Uh, and she was amazing as well so that's just one brand on two different networks what a difference the sounds
1: what advice would you give commercial radio stations who struggle with advertising that comes in and doesn't fit the sound of their station?
3: That's really difficult because commercial radio is set up very differently and they actually have ad breaks. So there, there is an acceptable two to three minutes of they can put whatever they need in that ad break for us. Uh, we don't have ad breaks, so all our trails go out as part of programming, part of editorial. There's no, there's no buffer, there's no wall. The, the the presenter will talk. Our trail will happen as part of the content, so it has to fit. I think if, I think it would be lovely if if commercial producers actually did, you know make everything work for their networks for their stations harder Uh, I know in the real world that's not going to happen but it would be it'd be a nicer experience for the listener and I I guess it would engage them more as well because they wouldn't just be turning off for the wall of noise
1: Uh, Radio Centre's done some good work on uh, with some good data points on it as well about uh, voice casting and the use of music and advertising so do have a look at their work at uh, radiocentre.org org. and I do know people in agencies who have had creative pushed back, so I, I think there is uh, some evidence there that perhaps commercial radio stations have got the guts to push back a little bit and say no rework that for the benefit of the audience and ultimately for your brand as well
0: absolutely hear to that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also to say sermon. the same thing about the work that the radio center has done um, i've used that um, when I've been going around talking to stakeholders about the importance of radio and why um, tailoring things um, is important and, and, and again, as Debbie said, why um, using music absolutely works if you 've got a campaign that 's running for weeks and weeks or even years but if if it 's something that is one week and you want an audio mnemonic for it, really what is that going to do for you and, and it 's that sort of data that 's helped us have those conversations.
1: And it sounds as if that's part of the education that you're doing around the BBC and around BBC Creative to ensure that the the particular nature of the the medium of radio is understood.
0: Well, what I think BBC Creative does really well is respect the different crafts um, within the makeup of the agency. So we do have a digital team, um, a photography team team. Obviously, the TV promo directors and our writers, and and, and radio as well, and we rebranded ourselves at the birth of BBC Creative. Um, we changed our name from Cross Trails to Audio, because, as I uh, referred to earlier, I think what we do and what we're respected for goes well beyond the built radio trails, um, and we're consulted on everything from the. Um, Audio mnemonics for things like BBC Sounds. Too. We did a lot of work with our colleagues on the launch of Alexa, um, and Debbie and I cast the voices um, for when you ask Alexa to listen to BBC Radio content, and we also cast the child voice for the BBC uh, CBeebies Alexa skill. Um, and it's 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 kind of the the joy of being able to make the absolute best of our medium um, in every part of marketing that it touches is kind of is, is, is what we're here for, really.
1: Um, Kate, what radio do you like listening to?
2: Ooh, uh, five Live and Radio 1, a bit of a BBC head. Uh, I do dip into local radio, a key 103, it's not that anymore. Is it hits radio, I should call it, up north. Um, but yeah, mostly Five Live in the morning for breakfast and then Radio 1 in the day.
1: And, and are these sources of inspiration for you in your work?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think... The stuff that the pop hop does at Radio One and One Extra is incredible. I think we're always listening to that, and you know, aspiring to make stuff that sounds as amazing as that. Uh, and and I, yeah, I, obviously, I spent a long time at Five Live. It's kind of like my home radio in a way, so I always dip in and enjoy what they're making and how they sound.
0: Debbie,
2: oh, it's so tricky.
1: Is it all on BBC Sounds now?
0: Debbie's a <laughs> podcast.
3: Is. I love Hot a podcast. News. Absolutely love a podcast. And uh, I've just been dipping into so many different podcasts, uh, brilliant ones on the BBC. And if you get the chance... My Dad Wrote a Porno. You've got to listen to it. It's hilarious. It's so funny. Uh, obviously not on BBC Sounds, but, you know, it's very good. Um, but I listen to Radio 2 because Dom mm. listens to Radio 4. Mm. I listen to Radio 2. You're 1 and 5. What do
0: you listen to? I listen to 1 and 2 mostly and 4 in the mornings. I've got
1: it covered. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, lovely talking to you. Kate, Debbie and Michaela, thank you very much for your time and for also sharing all this amazing creative with me. Thank
0: you, thank you very, very much. much. Thank you very much.
1: Um, I want to say hello to a few new Earshot listeners uh, following the last edition of the show. Hello, Nick Carter, uh, Phil Edmonds. Phil said that he thought, as a result of listening to the last show, the word Sonic ID is out of fashion and the word motif is in, apparently. Well, what do you reckon?
0: We'll start adopting that yeah, then. Yeah, we will. Right
1: Tell those guys from um, uh Dion Podzik from the Netherlands. Uh, Kelly Doherty. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. You know her voice. Uh, Gabriel Green from Heart Hearts. Uh, It's a radio station in Hertfordshire. Uh, Chris Cook, he's the man that makes the news look great on the TV, on BBC. Uh, Jonathan Laidley, hi. Jonathan, you tell me you're humming the tune uh, from the Radio 1 Breakfast Show in your head at work. Uh, Alad Hayden-Jones has started listening. Hello, Big Boss. Uh, Sharon from Omni Studio says she's a fan of the podcast. And in return, let me recommend that you check out her products, Omni Studio. It's really nicely presented uh, audio publishing platform. Do we use that in the BBC here?
0: No, but we'll go and check that out. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Omni Studio. Thanks, Sharon. So hello to you if you're a new listener. If you want to get in touch, Steve at EarshotCreative.com. One of the other things that I was inviting reaction on was the thought about doing a Crimes Against Audio podcast. Because true crime podcasts go down very well, don't they, Debbie?
3: They do, and some of them are absolutely brilliant and some of them are not so brilliant.
1: So I've been looking for Crimes Against Audio that I'm sure we've all committed. Uh, And guess how many submissions we've had None. None? At one. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you know who you are. Um, but it's not it's enough. It's <laughs> It is. I could add in some of mine as well. Really? Um, but look, we need more than this if this is going to work. So Crimes Against Audio, Steve at EarshotCreative.com. See if we can pull that together. Show notes for this show, photos and more are at EarshotCreative.com. Thanks to you, Debbie, Michaela and Kate, for sharing your work again. Think of them next time you hear something truly glossy on BBC Radio. And thanks to you for being within earshot.